Well, good morning, church. Um, as Pastor Denny has said, my name is Logan Stein. I am a preaching ambassador from the School of Olivet, Nazarene University. Um, I am a junior this year. This will probably be my fourth semester in this program, and I'm happy and just blessed to be in this program. Um, a little about myself, I grew up in Decatur, Illinois, and uh, lived there for about 12 years of my life. And uh, after my father, who is a pastor, got ordained, um, moved around to a couple little, couple little churches, and right now we are in a church in Ogden, Illinois, and um, he's running that church right now. But um, I felt the call to be a preacher at a very young age, where God revealed to me in a dream that I need to be a pastor. And ever since then, I've been pursuing that call, and I believe that this experience right here will help me to further his will. Um, if you will bow your heads in prayer as we begin. Dear God, just be with us in this room today. Speak your words, God, not mine. And I pray that the people will obtain what you are trying to say. Lord, in your name, amen. If you were to turn your Bibles to James 5, 13 through 20, as this scripture talks about the prayer in faith. So we will hear what James has to say to the church in Israel about what their faith looks like and what confession should look like in the church and how prayer is super effective when we do confess to the people we trust the most. James five thirteen through 20, and it says this. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call on the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if anyone of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Now we can see that James is writing this letter for a reason to the church. We can see that he was just giving uh, specific guidelines for healing, prayer, and how effective it can be within the church. Not just specifically asking God to heal you, but having others um, are asking and confessing to others for prayer too because the prayer of other people is powerful. The prayer of other people is effective. He saw, though, he was writing this because the confession was, or confession was very difficult for the church in Israel at the time. And the problem that we're seeing is that the church was not being obedient to God and they were not being in community like they were supposed to be. 
he saw that they were struggling in this area of their faith. And then the problem that we're seeing in this text is the lack of the church being the church, the lack of relationship within the church, and the lack of their community. And I say their community for a reason, because they were not holding each other accountable. They were not helping each other grow closer to Christ. James saw this issue, and he confronted it. He did not confront out of anger, though, or out of spite, but he did this because of the love of God. He did not want to see the church fall away from God. He was reminding them to build each other up and to guide each other on the path God was leading each and every one of them on. Which brings me to the problem in today's world. What do we see with what do we see wrong with the church specifically today? I mean, it seems pretty similar to what's happening or what was happening in Israel and the church in Israel. We still have the same struggles as the people in Israel, the same struggle for 2,000 years. I mean, that's kind of crazy and mind-blowing to me. We also have the lack of confession in today's world. And I believe the lack of confession has actually increased. It seems to be the norm to, tell, to not tell anyone about the struggles you are going through, going through. And when we want to tell someone, or if we do tell someone, we feel as if we're at risk of it being put on the internet, or if you are in a small town, rumors will be spread. There have been many times when my family and I would have private discussions in, in our household, and somehow it would man manage to spread across the whole entire town. <laughs> and I think a lot of people can relate to that where we're just too scared to confess. We're too scared because we're feeling like, we feel like we're going to be judged or not seen as the same. We also tend to mind our own business or stay away um, from people who try to confess because it may be too overwhelming for ourselves. We think to ourselves that it's not our job to help others through their trials. Well, that is somewhat true because that person can only overcome if they allow God to work. But that does not mean we can't pray for them or check up on them or just even remind them to stay strong. I mean, why do you think God sent his son? He came to serve and with serving required compassion and empathy for the people. What exactly does empathy mean? Well, I'm going to give you two definitions. The original definition and then the biblical definition. The original definition says, understanding another person's experience by imagining oneself in, the other, in that other person's situation. Okay? And then here's the biblical definition. Taking on another's burdens and validating the whole humanity of the one out of God's love for that person. Obviously, they may seem, seem similar, but if you notice from the biblical one, it is taking on that person's burdens. 
letting them know that you know what they're going through, that you understand what they're going through. And that's exactly what God did when he sent his son. He wanted to know what we are going through. He wanted to feel the pain and the burdens that we are going through, wanting to let us know that it is going to be all right, that we are going to be saved from our sins. Another problem in the world that I want to address is the way we act towards others within our own community or people even joining our community. Christianity is on the decline, and there's one major reason why this is happening. It's, there's, there are many, many reasons why, but this specific reason is why. It is because of the horrible experiences that people have from Christians. The amount of times I have heard people ask why they left the church, they all had the same answer. All laid out differently, but overall the same exact answer. It's because the way the church treated them poorly, or they didn't feel welcome because they were not regular attenders. And we have to fix this issue. I mean, if we want to reach people outside of the community, we have to love people inside of our own community. People outside the church need to see us as the community God called us to be. I mean, when you have newcomers, they rely on you to welcome them and to make them feel at home. They rely on the community to take them under their wing. We need to be the example for new believers or for people who want to believe. But before we can do that, we have to be there for each other in our own community. We need to pray for those who need help. We need to confess to others when we feel that God is calling us to let go of our burdens. We need to encourage, we need encouragement from people with wisdom, and we need reassurance when we doubt. In order to be the church, we also need to be the community. If we focus back on James 5.16, and I'll read it again, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed, because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. We can see that there are four important scriptural principles related to confession. Number one, if we have sinned against an individual, we must ask that person for forgiveness. Two, if our sin has affected the church, we must confess publicly. Number three, if we need loving support as we struggle with our sin, we should confess the sin to people who are able to provide and also are wise in the church. And number four, if after confessing a private sin to God and you still do not feel his forgiveness, we shall confess to someone who has our trust and is a strong believer in God. The other night, I was in bed about half asleep. And um, I hear my phone go off across the room. Just one ding, and I, I didn't think much of it. Probably just one of my friends up super late like they always are. And um, I didn't think much of it. But 
around 30 seconds later, my phone went off at least five times. And I'm thinking, this has to at least be an emergency. So I got up, looked at my phone, and it was an emergency, but it wasn't a medical emergency. It was a spiritual emergency. So I texted my friend back and forth for about 40 minutes. It's almost 3 a.m. when I'm doing this, so I'm like really tired. But we're texting back and forth, and he's telling me all the things that he's going through and how he, he doesn't understand why he's in the situation he's in. And then he confessed some things that he did that didn't exactly help with the situation. But, he, but what he was doing was confessing to someone he trusted. Because he has not told anyone else how he felt mentally or spiritually because he was holding it in. He confessed to someone that he believed was a trusted companion and a strong believer because he knew how powerful prayer can be from other people. But in that moment, what I did was I showed compassion and I showed empathy. I mourned with him and I reassured him and prayed for him because in God's kingdom, every believer is a priest to other believers. And let me study more on that as I go to 1 Peter 2, 9. As it says here, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You see, why, why did I say um, a royal priesthood in this situation, that we are priests to other believers? Because back in the Old Testament, people did not approach God directly, but they needed a priest to, to hear from God. But since God sent his son to die on the cross for our sins, he made a way to where we could have direct access to God, each and every one of us. So in this situation, it's not just one person that could reach out to God, it's everybody. That is why prayer from other people is also powerful and effective because we are each in, we are individually praying to God, multiple people all at once. Another story I have, growing up, I never knew what community was in the church. I attended church all my life, but I never got a good understanding of what community was, especially since I moved multiple times. Um, it wasn't until my teenage years when I truly meant or truly understood what community meant. But... When I found out what it meant, I never thought I would fit in because of the things I was struggling with and that I was not confessing. You see, in today's society, it's okay not to share your hardships and trials to anyone. So I never did. I assumed that I would be judged for sharing my struggles, and I thought it would go around to everyone I know. I honestly didn't want to share because I was afraid no one would look at me the same if I were to confess the things that I was going through. I thought to myself what people would say if I did share my struggles. For example, how, 
How could someone like him be struggling with that? I thought he was an innocent kid. Just random things I would always think about because I was afraid of being judged. But one Sunday, I decided to flip to a random page in the Bible. I wouldn't exactly recommend this all the time, but I, I trusted in God that he would reveal something to me, and he did. Once I opened it, I saw James 5.16, and I'll read it one last time. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The, pri the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It was then I finally felt God was telling me to confess my sins to the people I trusted the most. At the time, that was my parents. When I tell you, the relief I felt was unbelievable. The weight of, it felt like a chain was being lifted off my chest as I was confessing this to my parents. Even though it was scary because, you know, it's my parents, but I just felt so much relief. I felt like I could breathe again. And I finally felt like my relationship was starting to take off again. And I believed me holding in my struggles and my emotions was actually stopping me from growing with God. That not sharing or confessing to others or to people I trust was stopping me from hearing from the Lord. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, that you just may feel stuck, maybe in a situation where you feel like you can't hear him. Maybe God's trying to tell you to share or confess that thing that you don't want to confess. Sometimes the next step is to share or to let go and give it to God. As James was telling us to follow these words in verses 13 through 20, God also wants, to put, also wants us to put these words into actions. James wasn't just simply writing this for them to read. He was giving them instructions. He was giving them a guideline. And he created this so that we could be a community. And I believe God created communities for a reason. He created them so we don't have to be alone on our journey with God. That we could have people by our side when we are struggling and we are tired and exhausted and don't know what to do. And as I was writing the outline of this sermon, I came across another passage I think goes really well with this sermon today. Romans 12, 4 through 5. And it says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So we, yeah, so we all have a different journey, or we all have a different path. But what God is saying here is that we are still in one community and that we all have the same mission. We all have different paths, but in all God is wanting us to share the gospel. 
we are meant to work together. And we are meant to build each other up through our struggles and through our hardships. And with building each other up, then we can grow in community and reach people outside of the church. Community is essential for Christian living. Let me ask you a few questions just to reflect on for this week. What would the church look like with a healthy community? What would it look like? How strong will community be in the relationship with God if we were to confess, pray, and love one another as Christ loved us? What if we were to be compassionate and had empathy towards the people confessing? Community is important, church. Confession is important as well. And with those two, we must be the community when someone does want to share. Have empathy. Be compassionate. Be a servant. We're not here to be served. We're here to serve. Love your community. God, help us to be the church today. Move through us and in us so that we might grow together. Remind us to show love, compassion, and to have empathy for our people. Lord, push us to be the community you want us to be, Lord. Help us to be the example for people outside of the church. Help us to know that, that we are loved by you and that with your love we can love others. God, we thank you for creating community. Without it, we would be lost. I thank you for friends and family that I can come to when I do struggle. Lord, thank you for creating community. I pray this in your holy and in your precious name, Lord. Amen.